Welcome back to the TV podcast where we talk about TV shows right after we watch them, more or less. That's how it works. Uh, we used to call these flashcasts when they were part of the Incomparable, and now they're kind of on their own. I'm Jason Snell, and I'm joined. Uh, normally, we do it with like an, one other person, but we're kicking off the Doctor Who season, season eight. Deep Breath by Stephen Moffat, which premiered, as we record this, uh, premiered in the U.S. about an hour and a half ago. Uh, And I'm joined by three guests to break down the outsized season premiere. It's outsized. Why can't this podcast be? So I'm joined by Chip Sutterth from the Two Minute Time Lord podcast. Hi, Chip. Hi, Jason. David J. Lore is here. Hello. Hello there. And Serenity Caldwell. Hi. Hi! Yay! Look at us! All we're all here. We've all we're seen all here it. And doing a podcast. <laughs> so a new doctor, new new, new doctor. doctor. Oh, Peter yeah. Capaldi! Peter, I love you so. Peter, apparently, according yeah. to according to uh, uh, Chris Hardwick, it's Capaldi. It is Capaldi. Capaldi. Mm-hmm. It is Capaldi. He's your pal. He's not named Paul. He's your pal. He's Capaldi, but he's not anybody's pal. He's Capaldi. <laughs> um, he's, he's grumpy old Peter Capaldi. Yeah, he just doesn't swear like in the in the thick of he's, it. He's, He's grandpa blankety blank. You know, regeneration episodes are hard. Um, there, there is. I was seeing some reaction to this on Twitter. First off, let me tell you, watching Twitter live while things are being broadcast is is brutal because people are so merciless, and it's like you know, patience <laughs> is actually required when you're watching a show. You can't be just like, oh, I've been watching for five minutes. It's boring. It's like you know, <laughs> it's it's a hour and a half long show. You you just watch the show. Watch the show. You gotta there, let there, it breathe. Wait a minute. There were people on Twitter who didn't like this, I, or, or or who complained about <laughs> it. But but regeneration episodes of Doctor Who. I mean, they have like um, like many different kinds of Doctor Who episodes. They they have some jobs to do. Like a Christmas episode's got to be big and loud and and not make you think too much because uh, and be so, sort of sentimental maybe because it's Christmas and it's a it you know right. And the regeneration episode, you got to introduce the new Doctor, but you want to also have fun at the mystery of who the Doctor is, and you get to do this regeneration trauma thing, which they've basically done to some degree or other. I you know I, the Patrick Troughton episodes don't exist, but uh, every other Doctor has had some degree of regeneration madness to them. So be able being able to play that, being able to play it with a companion, which we didn't get to see for Matt Smith, who regenerated. Prior privately in a private ceremony <laughs> uh, and uh and so there's a lot there's a lot to go here there's a, there's a lot of stuff that 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 was the job of this of this episode and uh and you can see that this episode is is trying very hard to do all of the things that a regeneration episode uh has to do yeah. it's very roller coastery um which is to say that I liked many, many pieces of it, um, and there are a lot of wonderful individual scenes. But when put into context, I kind of had to look at it and be like, "Yeah, that's a that's a weird transition from uh, from you know, oh, Strax giving a doctor's checkup to to other things that I won't mess up, um, man, uh, say in order to like keep the oh, spoilers but, light." But pe- like, pe- okay, we can keep the spoilers light. Sure, if we need to spoil yeah. something, we should just go ahead and spoil it. Well, sure, but I, I don't yeah. want to be like everything that happened in this episode. Uh, but it it was weird where we had a lot of little uh, kitchen scenes where we had, you know, one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, we have, like, the doctor one-on-one with a homeless vagrant and the doctor one-on-one with Clara and Clara one-on-one with a bunch of different people. Um, sort of, again, trying to rebuild who the doctor is without necessarily talking to the doctor himself, uh, which is an interesting way of kind of going about it and, and building around. It was a very... For a very big episode in some regards, I mean, you open up with a giant dinosaur. lizard. Yeah, giant, di- di- <laughs> giant dinosaur. Um, 
it. Oh, so, you've got one too. <laughs> Remarkably small in some in some ways, in a good like not in a bad way, and it's sort of a just. Uh, yeah. It's a, it was a very <laughs> direct. <laughs> it was not, like, yeah. <laughs> Jason not, dams not, it with faint. Yeah. No, no, that was David. No, that was David. me. That was David. <laughs> David, David is yeah. much oh, more negative oh. about this than I am. Go ahead, David. I've I've got more than faint. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. Oh, I, I mean, I loved I loved Capaldi, but you know that didn't surprise me. As as soon as they announced him, I went, oh yes, perfect. He is, yeah, he is a fantastic and, uh, actor, actor, and you can see him as the Doctor. And I think he oh, delivered. Yeah. I, I think he delivered one hundred percent of what I was hoping we would get as a start of Peter Capaldi. Absolutely. Uh, he he gave me even more, but we can we can get to that. Well, you can't get yeah, more than one hundred percent. He pinned the needle. He was like, "Yes, I, I done. Would absolutely." Yeah. Um, as as for the the plot, the writing, and most of the other details about it, I really loved Capaldi. <laughs> um, it was, I mean, for for me, the plot was borderline incoherent, and and I mean, not in a good way either. I mean, there's you know, it, it was just sort of like. There's it, it was very static and very talky and not all that interesting talky except when they were having conversations that didn't have anything to do with the story, you know the 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 character stuff was really nicely done between between him and Clara, and I liked her more than I've liked her except for the the Day of the Doctor episode so that was that was a good thing, um, but you know someone I, I watched it during the. Uh, the afternoon when it was live in Britain and a couple of people in Britain noticed that I was tweeting during the show and they said, what are you doing? And I said, well, if you see me tweeting during the show, it's lost me already. Yeah. You know, if I'm, if I'm off making tea, even though I can see the TV from my tea kettle, eh, I'm still off making tea, you know? Um, and, and it was just, I don't know. It was, the story was airless to me. I didn't care. I didn't care about any of the details. I didn't care about Jenny Vaster and Strax even. Oh, I mean, now, they now, were fun. Okay, so let, but, me, let, let me let me stop you there. See, I didn't care about any of the details. I, I would I would make an argument that that is one of the issues with this story. Is I didn't really care about the details of the plot. It's not why I was watching. And I and I question well, when I said which is are, par for the course for a regeneration well, episode. This is what I was going to say. Is when I say there are some things the regeneration episode needs to do, having a a fairly lengthy plot that um, like like is in this episode. Uh, is not actually a requirement, and I thought that in some ways it got in the way. I do like uh, right. Strax and and Jenny and Madame Vastra, and thought they were deployed well. I think that Strax is there for the jokes, oh, yeah. and the, yeah, the, and that the was, scene with Clara and with Jenny that. and Vastra, where Vastra basically challenges Clara to um, prove her. Uh, feelings for the doctor and and not be like dumping him. Are you dumping him? Are you dumping my friend? And that Clara gets really irate about it and defends herself. I thought those were really great too. And yes. then there were these bizarre like, oh, you know, Stephen Moffat's got to have a got to have a monster, and he's recycling one of his old his old monsters. And there's a restaurant, a family family restaurant, family Italian restaurant well, in London. I, it, that seemed really weird. And that was odd. And I, just, and, I, yeah. I want to know what bodily functions he's going to force them to stop doing next. 
don't blink. Okay, don't <laughs> breathe. What? Don't pee. Don't sweat. Don't pee. That'll be you know, that's his big finale. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. You know, and it was sort of like... Uh... So so I found that, although I found some of the, the bits in there with the characters, again, interesting. And, and this is... And so this is my feeling is... is uh, it was overstuffed, and and we can also talk about the length. Mm-hmm. It was really long, and I felt like it was kind of unnecessarily long. It, although I admit yeah. some of these slower bits I yep. liked better because that was the character yes. stuff. And then the we got a dinosaur. I thought the dinosaur was sort of touching and sad. It starts out bizarre and ends up sad because she dies, and he's really upset about it. But the is whole... it wrong that I was actually kind of amused by the dinosaur exploding into flames in the background? <laughs> Spontaneous combustion. It happens all the time. It's, it's very serious common. business in Victorian England. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was, well, I thought it was funny, but also sad. I, I like that the doctor is mad at himself that I did this. She died because I was here, because I brought yes. her here. I like that. But the, the stuff with the clockwork droids, as much as I love, and I've said on The Incomparable, The Girl in the Fireplace is one of my favorite Doctor Who episodes ever. Um, these guys were not that interesting, and I don't really understand what they were doing or why the guy has like a balloon made of skin that he's going to float away on so to the promised creepy. land. That was that was the point where he tweeted, oh, oh no. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it, it just, I, I almost wanted, I mean, I loved the 11th hour. That is, that is still maybe the, the best regeneration story I've seen. It's the best and episode since 2005, but please maybe, continue. Maybe, yeah. I, I can't argue with that. Um, certainly in the no, top five for me. Yeah, because the, the Atraxi plot and some of the hospital scenes go on way too long and I have to fast forward. <laughs> it's actually an episode I love except for the five parts that I fast forward through. But anyway, this but, isn't about the 11th hour, but yes. I, I almost want to see one where the, I mean, the plot would almost be an afterthought where he's having his crisis. He's having, you know, oh, how, how do I know you? I don't remember you and I don't remember you. And he just offhandedly solves whatever problem it is in like two seconds and done. Oh, and let's mean, have the character stuff. You mean the Christmas invasion? Well, kind of. Yeah, right. Which, oh, you know, blood control. I haven't seen this in years. Let me press this button. Anyway, let's do a sword fight. Okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that that to me is just a little bit more like, okay, we have to do this and we have to do these things. You know, it's yeah. almost like Kabuki. You have to have this in a regeneration mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, so well, get it out of the way. Yeah. It's 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 the DNA of the show. And Christmas yeah. Invasion is a really good comparison to this episode because they're trying to do similar things. You're changing actors for the doctor, but you've got the same production team. You've and got the same, the same companion. The, mm-hmm. the same yeah. companion and all that stuff. So what you're doing in this episode, the same thing that they did in Christmas Invasion, but I think they did more of it in this one, is okay, what's going on in the doctor's head? And how are the people around him um, handling the change? And I thought that both the doctor's reaction and Clara's reactions to what was going on were I – th- I thought they were more realistic and more poignant. And I thought that the slower yeah. pace of this episode really lent, it, lent itself to exploring it. It's not about the dinosaurs and it's not about the clockwork droids. It's about – uh, it's about a uh, doctor being remade yet again, and this time he's having some real problems with mm-hmm. it, and the companions having some real problems with it. So this is a this is a big character story, uh, a big a character study even, um, and 
it may be too long for that sort of thing, but that's the that's the purpose of this episode. The other thing I wanted to mention is our our friend and fellow incomparableite uh, Erica Ensign uh, tweeted just a few minutes before we started recording that it, she, how how much she loved this episode that finally Doctor Who was for her again. Hmm. Doctor Who hmm. is a total Rorschach test for the the different sorts of things that you want from the show. And uh, several of us are noticing that if you're a longtime traditionalist uh, Doctor Who fan, those are the ones that seem to have really glommed on to this episode um, s- strongly and tightly. This It's almost like this was made for them. And I'm, I'm a little concerned about that because... I love in I love uh, the eleventh hour because it is such a welcoming jumping on point for everybody. To love this one, you had to be really well bought into the last three years of Doctor Who. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was I was tweeting with Erica before, and I said I'm also crazy about fandom and the history of the show. I must be an outlier. And and she went, Yeah, you're an outlier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. Well, well so, it's weird because I don't think you necessarily have to know the entire uh, backstory of like the clockwork robots to enjoy the, the story. And in fact, like I remembered, I was like, "What? What David Tennant episode was this?" Right. With this? Mm-hmm. like, and of course, I love Girl in the Fireplace, but I didn't even well as connect pre- as Peter Capaldi reason. is like, I, "This is familiar." You know, even the Doctor <laughs> cannot remember all the episodes now. Yeah, yeah. There, there have been many. <laughs> yes. Well, and I'm you know I kind of assume that part of his. Um, confusion part of why it's more intense than it usually seems is whatever magic happened to give him more regenerations has mm. sort of overloaded him that's that's my I don't, theory i don't know yeah I don't and he's f- a load older now too i don't he spend a lot of time on transalore i don't find this unreason his behavior unreasonable at all but that that again if you've seen yeah. uh uh castor valva if you've seen the twin dilemma god <laughs> uh, that's a terrible episode. I feel but sorry for you. Yeah, it, it, you, but but I mean, the doctor acting crazy is this is what this is what happens. And I, what I like is the way he acts crazy. That he's got his he's got his symbols on the chalkboard, and he he that he smells the, the chalk to find it, <laughs> and that he's t- talking about the dinosaur, and then he's having that he has that whole conversation in that alley about his face and why why he flo- why he floated this face up why he chose this yeah. face subconsciously One. from the data bank of faces that he's seen throughout history and but and not only is that like a great piece of fan uh, you know, squee material of like, oh, we now we know why. But it's also like, real. He's trying to figure himself out. He says, "What do you have? You ever looked in a mirror and 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 recognized the face in it?" And the guy and says, "Well, yeah, every time." <laughs> one really nice detail: that guy is, is Elizabeth Sladen's Elizabeth Sladen's husband. husband. Yep, mm-hmm. which was just a mm. lovely touch. Yeah, yeah, very much. I, I, it's funny. I liked the, and, and so, I did like that sequence. Yeah, I liked the dinosaur. Yeah. I liked I liked all of the conversation bits, honestly. And I realized that's not an episode; just people talking. <laughs> that there needs yeah. to be something to drive it. And I think this is my problem: is that what's driving it is something that's too, almost like too baroque, too complex, and mm-hmm. and and style conscious and unnecessary. I'd almost rather. It be uh, let's think about Rose for a second, right? Rose with its many flaws. That episode, the the point 
the plot is beside the point, right? That the, yes, there are autons and they're doing something, but it doesn't really matter. I've got this anti-plastic, whatever. <laughs> it's not important. It's like that Buffy episode, the Zeppo, right? It's it's the, the right. plot happens in the background. I feel like that's what this episode probably could have used is 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 a very simple plot where there's a uh, it's a MacGuffin. You know, some alien yes. is killing people in London, and Vaster can't figure it out, and the Doctor chases him down and figures it out in you know five minutes once he figures out who he is, and it's. It's not what the story is about, but having this outsized restaurant with the thing that goes down and the balloon up and and, yeah, it's just like, (laughs) just, it was just, see that, so that's my feeling is like, they they didn't need to hang this big story on this to, because there's so much meat in the characters. And I think I'm right, I think I'm right there with you, Jason. I, this episode was not executed entirely to my liking. But at the same time, I'm more excited about this season than I've been about Doctor Who for 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 a, for a couple of years now. Maybe I think that the potential is spread out there for all to see. That's not necessarily delivered on in this episode, but I, they've mm-hmm. they've got so much to work with now. I think. I really like oh, yeah. Clara too. I, I wanted to see what you guys thought about that. I, I some people really love Clara, and I've always thought Clara was fine, but not particularly notable, and more notable for her plot uh, relevance than for her person, for her character. And she was good in the fiftieth, yeah. and I liked her in that. And she was yes. good in in Matt Smith's final episode. And here, I feel like this did so much work to establish. Clara as somebody with her own agency, as somebody who totally gets the doctor. I love the fact that um, after all of the sort of David Tennant uh, uh, and Rose kind of relationship stuff that we had, you know, a few years ago, that in this, all the jokes about, you know, he's not your boyfriend. She says, you know, I didn't say, you know, he, he, he of course he's not my boyfriend. It's like, no, the, the idea is that yeah. the doctor liked to fancy that he was her boyfriend. He liked to pretend to be yeah. younger than he was. And that's, I love that. That, yes. that and, and it gives, and her understanding of him and of that, I, I just, it, I felt like this really put Clara over the top in being a fully realized person in a way that she kind of wasn't before. Well, they now, took the one... some time. Yeah, they did take time. <laughs> well, yeah. the, the so... one thing that, that, that did bother me about her was that a lot of the exposition they're doing in the beginning of the episode is stuff that if she's been in contact with all of his incarnations, shouldn't she know this? Shouldn't she not be surprised that he might look old sometimes? And and the whole thing of, you know, oh, he's so old. Oh, he has so many wrinkles. Oh, don't tell me I turned old. It's like, I know that Moffat wanted to cast an older actor before he found Matt Smith, and I kind of wish he had, because now now it's almost like, oh, you're used to young actors, and we're sorry we cast an older guy, and now we're terrified that you'll run away. Mm-hmm. It, it was just weird to me. It's just like, just shut up and let him be the doctor. Just- I didn't. I didn't really like that because I read it that, that that's Moffat saying, "Look, he was always old." What do you mean? Like, well, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. No, I mean, I don't think it was. I don't think it was over the top. Right? It wasn't. At least for me, it didn't feel like there. You know, there there are some tips of the hat, but overall, what Moffat I feel like was trying to put forward was less. The doctor, you know, oh, the doctor's old, wink, wink, as it is legitimately trying to 
examine what what that means about like there was a whole there's a whole bunch of Maybe, subtext yeah. inside his final conversation with the with the android up in the up in the the balloon of skin uh, <laughs> where after you when you start when he starts talking and even before he kind of pulls up the the serving glass but you I mean a lot of that conversation could be very easily mirrored back onto the doctor. Where it was things like you keep on changing your face and you've changed so much of yourself that you don't know, mm-hmm. you know, who you are anymore. And you don't know if you've, you know, if your moral compass has changed. Uh, and like it was a little clunkier than I think Moffat probably wanted it to be. Um, yeah. But the soul is still there. And that's kind of how I feel about the entire episode. Mm. It's like the soul, the soul of the episode is solid. The execution went up and down, but it was still yeah. an enjoyable episode. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean the whole the whole scene in in the balloon. I, I after a while, I just went, "Stop! We get it. Stop <laughs> it, please." Yeah. yeah, that was what I never bought into oh. was was this. We're going up. We're, we're going down. We're in this restaurant. That that <laughs> it just that that was just so bizarre. Which is not to say that some of the individual things in there weren't weren't okay, right. but it just yeah, it just sort of seemed unnecessary when when there was a lot of other. I mean, again, it's funny that this. It just it feels like Stephen Moffat either was told or decided that he could say, let's make this feature length. We'll promote it as being 80 minutes long and we'll show it in theaters and it'll be a huge kickoff. And and what you ended up doing was welding a character uh, episode about dealing with the regeneration and how the doctor's friends you now he's it's not just Clara, right? He's surrounded by his collection of friends right after his regeneration who are going to help him like the Christmas invasion. Right. And then he welded that to this kind of wacky, weird story. And, yeah. you know, that, except that, that yeah, ex- so- except that this, his collection of friends, they took it all in stride. And for all we know, they've never seen him do a regeneration before. That well, was, Okay, that was so, one of the weird things for me. So, so uh, mm. Vastra at the beginning says, "Well, here we go again." Now that you, if if you want to read that purely on its face, uh, you could say she's been through this before. They've seen other doctors, even though we've not seen them with other doctors. They've right. seen other doctors. However, I will say that's a it that's made a me laugh out loud because that's what the re- brigadier says when John Pertwee regenerates into Tom Baker. Is well, here we go again. <laughs> so it's really just a tip of the cat to that, but it does suggest perhaps they've been through this before, and like the Vastra, uh, Vastra especially understands who the doctor is. That she she gets what this is about and is not shaken by it at all. Uh, mostly because it puts her in opposition to Clara, who saw it happen and yet has a hard time accepting it. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I I will go back to uh, uh, Serenity's point about whether or not this was a good um, sort of jumping on point. Um, for me, the um, for me, the, my issue with it as a jumping on point is a lot of the character stuff doesn't really hold up if you've never seen Vastra, Jenny, and Strax before. There's mm-hmm. not that uh, there's not that sort of background stuff. This is this is not Peter Capaldi year one this is Stephen moffat year four and i yeah. think you just, just gotta look at it that way i think well it's it's funny that you actually say that because when i think about this episode and sort of reflection this is the first episode where they actually let um jenny and strax and vaster kind of breathe and not be like oh hey remember strax He's a Centauran. They hate everybody except for that like one aside where he's like and feast in organs. But like Jenny, Jenny and Vastra, you don't him really in acid. There we go. 
Um, you, you you get their relationship a little bit. Hey, on screen kiss, that's nice. Um, but you don't really get the whole like we're detectives, we're a buddy buddy team, <laughs> we go out fighting crime, we're also friends with the doctor. Like it's just kind of assumed that you know yeah. all of that. And on you know on some cases, I actually you know I enjoy the fact that yeah we can sort of find out more about their their lives and their existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, without necessarily having to have the one-on-one course every single time. But it does make it harder for people to jump on. Just the scene where um, – uh, a beautiful scene where Jenny says uh, – Vastra's like, well, you know, we have to – she's all all high and mighty about how humans look down on her and she doesn't like them. And she says, we have to maintain this fiction that she's my servant. And she's like, notice that we're in private now and I'm still serving the tea. Jenny gives gives her right back <laughs> and it's a very nice, uh, very nice moment. And then she applauds when Clara – shows it to her which i thought was maybe a little too far <laughs> like you're plotting somebody <laughs> smacking down your wife maybe not dear maybe that's a little bit too just leave that pr- for they private. have their uh, yeah their own marital problems they're, 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 yeah, they're, they have they're, issues they're yeah they're fencing verbally <laughs> a little bit there mm-hmm. but uh yeah but i like them and i suppose i suppose that's your reaction to the paternoster gang is going to determine some feelings about this episode because you could not like them that i find them I find them a nice combination and and amusing and you know, but I like the Crimson Horror that last year, which yeah. really did feature them. That one was great, and because it, it was really funny and light and weird. None of us are supposed to like that one. It's too it's too much fun. Yeah, I know. We're not good Doctor Who fans if we like that one. Should we talk ah, a little bit poo. before b- <laughs> you know before we get uh, get too too far because this isn't supposed to go on forever? But uh, I, I would like uh, to know what you guys thought about. I knew it was coming, unfortunately. Um, this is a spoiler I saw, but the call the callback, and I mean that literally, mm. where at the very end when Clara is really doubting whether she wants to stay with this doctor, she gets a call from Matt Smith <laughs> saying, I'm about to turn into this guy. It's going to be scary. He needs your support. Um, that That mm. is... Wow, that well, I mean, you know, every every now and then, you, you know, Stephen Moffat's got a list somewhere of like all the things that he's thought of that haven't been done in Doctor Who. Well, you know what nobody's done is have the old Doctor call <laughs> the new Doctor. Huh. So, what did you think of of Matt Smith calling Clara to tell her to accept him as he is now? It, it's Look. a nice bracket to the eyebrow cameo in the Day of the Doctor. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The Stephen Moffat has he's he's done two things that I was kind of hoping that they they were on my personal fanboy list. Let's see a doctor appear before he is introduced. Yes, and let's uh, let's let's have a callback from the let's have a callback from the old doctor. You know, which you'd think that that was a bad idea. You'd never want to see that. You you never would have wanted to see David Tennant showing up at the end of the eleventh hour. But again, it's year four of Stephen Moffat. Let's just bridge this through. Uh, he's not. He's not ripping a Band-Aid off and, and making a brand new start with Peter Capaldi. Well, so let's let's ease it on a little bit and let's do this scene that we shot it for the Christmas episode. It, it goes back to Christmas Invasion, too, in the sense that Rose could probably have used a hologram from Christopher Eccleston saying, hey, Rose, it's going to be okay, right? Because, but because it's that different situation where it's the companion reacting to this bizarre sci-fi story element that's happening here. Um, and you know, full credit to Stephen Moffat who planned this far enough in advance that he just the, the the you know the shot in the in the regeneration episode for Matt Smith where Clara finds the TARDIS with the phone hanging there, which they replayed in this episode. It's like, yes, I know that was there, <laughs> but they replay yeah. it to show you, aha, we figured this <laughs> just, out. Just to and remind you guys, he planned it. Nibbler, 
Nibbler was hiding under the desk to push the chairs so Fry would. <laughs> yep. The uh, but I like I I mean I thought it was I thought it was sweet and something that uh, we haven't ever seen before. The idea and and in the end, it's not the old star saying, even though it is saying goodbye and that you should support the new actor. It's also the doctor saying, "I'm going to, I'm going to need your help now." Because I'm about to change. He's a coming, right? And I need your help. And it's like, Clara, do do me a solid by helping out the new guy. I don't know. Yeah, what, see, it, yeah. it did, did nothing it for me. Did nothing Absolutely for you. Absolutely Oh, David. You have no, I, have you no love in your heart? I have no love in my have heart. Have you no humanity no. And, left? Have you replaced love... all of your original parts with new parts? <laughs> with steel. With cold, well, hard, unfeeling and steel. Eyeballs. I, I do have this balloon, and, and I am going to need that guy's leg. <laughs> Um, no, I love Matt Smith and I did not need to see him. And I feel like it would have been a bigger leap of faith for her as a character if the 12th Doctor had been able to echo things and to remind her and to go, look, it's still me without having this crutch of, hey, look, we got a cameo from Matt. It's great. It's okay. You know, (laughs) It, it was just, it was like, it was one too many things. And you know, and I saw people online going, "Oh, I have all the feels," and I'm sitting there going, eh. "Erica had all the feels." Yeah. yeah. Yes. You yeah. know. And I mean, Day of the Doctor, I cried at the end of that. So, you know, I'm not totally unfeeling, but this was just it was it was gratuitous. It was. I I just I don't need to see the old Doctor with mm. the new one yet. You know, maybe maybe do that call in a couple of episodes when we're not expecting it. That might be interesting. But in in the regeneration episode, eh, it just seemed like one more thing we didn't need. When I look at it in reflection, I kind of go, oh, that feels like a, that does feel like a fan shout out being like, hey, fans, Matt Smith is telling you to like Peter Capaldi. Um, He's not that old. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I don't understand how anybody could dislike Peter Capaldi just yeah. after watching him for two seconds because he's a, such a charismatic person. But um, yeah, when I was in the moment, though, I was actually I was totally sold by mm-hmm. it, especially because Clara was on such an up down roller coaster throughout the entire episode, and I was I was fully expecting her to be able to be like, "Yes, I'm going to be here." And then she looks at him and he looks at her and she just can't do it. And it's kind of a little bit heartbreaking. And the, well, you know. But again, this is, this is the one character who's had interactions with all of his incarnations. Not, not entirely consciously, though. Yeah, but, I think, you know, that's, I think but that's she's, you know, She splits herself into a million a, different pieces. There's a line pieces. about that where she's well, like, okay. it's all, it's all she doesn't really remember. Hazy. She doesn't remember but, Oswald. She doesn't remember, you know. But it, she doesn't it, remember it just, all these little like, things. It just seems like an odd thing. You know, almost any of the other companions you could do that with. But I don't know. It's sort of like, why even bother with that plot line then if you're not going to utilize it? I wonder you know, um, just... when um, when The End of Time aired, um, David Tennant uh, spent the last uh, 95 minutes uh, saying goodbye to yeah. companions and railing against <laughs> part, railing part, against his fate. And time part three. I don't want to go. Yeah. And and there were I exaggerate, of course, because I do not hate uh, the end of time. And I have established this, yeah. but um, <laughs> that was the good. There part. were a lot mm-hmm. of there were a lot of fans who actually resented that um, Russell T. Davis made it 
such a big deal that the doctor was going to go away and he didn't want to go and all this other stuff. And between time of the doctor at the end when Matt Smith says, hey, it's going to be okay. And then at the at the end of this episode where he says, hey, I'm going to need your help. It seems like a very conscious effort to keep the character, to keep the fans along for the ride and to sort of work up against this. Uh, you know, it's it's mm. it's not Matt Smith's show. It's my show. It's Stephen Moffat's show, frankly. See, and yeah. he's hedging his bets yeah. to make sure that mm-hmm. they bridge bridge the gap. I don't think that was the point only because I, I think Stephen Moffat is a very calculating writer, but I don't think that was the calculation. I think the calculation was I've got Matt. I could do a thing that is the inverse of the 50th where I had the doctor appear before he was there. And mm-hmm. I can have the doctor make a call from this episode in the next episode to reassure. I I really think that that was the motivating factor here was wouldn't it be cool if Matt called Clara in that episode and we could shoot it right now and it'll <laughs> take people by surprise. And not this is uh, this is Matt reassuring fans that it's OK to like Peter Capaldi. That said, I, if you if you turn any analysis on it, how can you not view it as being that? <laughs> I, I think it was both. I think it was all yeah. of that. Yeah. Or or it's just, you know, he comes up with a plot idea and he says, and this is perfect because, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I was, like I, I like the scene for... in the moment. It worked for me, and I think that we say this time and again in these in in, in these uh, shows we do when somebody doesn't like something. It's like you know, if the spell is broken and you're pulling out your phone or your iPad and start tweeting during the episode, then the spell is broken, and it didn't just yeah. mean that that it's not valid That's... that you feel that way. That there's something that forced you out, and you're like, no, nah, this isn't working for me. And that clearly, mm-hmm. that happened. We've got a, a one guy in the yeah. chat room who thinks just completely negative about every aspect of this episode. <laughs> I guess he saw a different episode from the one I did. He may be in universe B. Um, and that's fine the darkest timeline I get it it worked for me those parts worked for me the other parts didn't I I sniffled and I saw it and I thought it was a little cynical but I still sniffled I loved bits and pieces of this and and like I said I love Capaldi unreservedly I'm I'm ready for this doctor I I just I want the scripts to you know be up to his level Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, well knock on wood I was kind of waiting for Andrew Scott to pop up and go miss me I think half of the, uh, I, I think, you know, I think the doctor, boy, really, honestly, every scene Capaldi's in, I think, is actually great. <laughs> you know, if you take it, take it, you know, <laughs> he is, he, he, he yeah, is. right. Not I mean, the scene. I, I mean, not the, the writing. That, that's it. Well, even, even the, you know, even the dialogue when he's saying it. I mean, he really does elevate the material. Now, I think that. Yeah. I'd rather the material not need so much elevation at times. Maybe that's it. Uh, if you really want to elevate something, get a skin balloon and you can float above. <sighs> not my not my favorite part. What uh, what was the other thing? Oh, what what about the we've got a we've got story arc, uh, you know, season long plot arc watch oh, here, which is our God, our little uh, Thard clicky, clicky robot guy at the end wakes up in a garden where a really perky lady says that her boyfriend, who's got a new accent now, sent sent him, and she hopes he didn't hurt him too much. Oh my gosh, can, she's can we so weird. Can can we just stop with the season long arcs? I <laughs> just want a damn good adventure, and that gets in the way. No, I like the arcs, even if the well, good arcs, yeah, crazy. I'm yeah, not, I'm, I'm not. This one is already. I'm not convinced. I'm just like, I don't it's like strange tease. It's a very strange very tease. Strange. 
um, especially when I thought they were leading for most of the episode on the who placed the advertisement and, you know, who called you and told you what phone to call. Right. I assumed that was all River. And now no, it's, we may it's be. No, it's her. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy It's probably woman. her. Perky, yeah. Perky lady. Perky lady. Perky heaven lady. Perky lady. <laughs> Missy, apparently. Missy. Well, a, a perky name for a perky, creepy lady with an umbrella? She was swinging at something, yeah. a cane? Yeah. Umbrella. A parasol. Yeah. yeah. Parasol. A little bit weird. Yeah. I don't know. It's Stephen Moffat likes his weird uh, season-long plot thread things. They had the eye patch lady who appeared in various That's right. windows yeah. that weren't there. And I'm going to steal your baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But but speaking of uh, season-long plot threads, the thing I'm most excited about is that Clara is not going to be the season-long plot device anymore. Right. Yes. Yes. She's going to be a proper companion, She's just and a I'm person. thrilled about that. Mm-hmm. She's just a person. And an interesting one who has a an interesting challenge in the Doctor, because he's not uh, – the dynamic of a companion who is not – has not just been scooped up by the Doctor. The dynamic of a companion who's, who's been there longer on the show than the actor playing the Doctor. And, and so in this case, we have Clara – she, you know, she's got the upper hand here. He needs her help. And that's fascinating. Now, I love that. That is that is a great dynamic because if she leaves the show and Peter Capaldi picks up someone else, it's going to be, oh, this man appeared and he took me onto a spaceship. And it also travels in time and it's very exciting. And with Clara, she's like, you know, she's a pro. She's got it down. And that, mm-hmm. that I love that dynamic. So I'm looking forward to how that plays out and the fact that they've made her a much more interesting character. No, one one thing, plot. one thing I would love to see in the future is if he picks up a companion who's descended from a previous companion. So there's some sort of backstory. There's some basis of knowledge for this, and and sort of like an oh my god, you you are real. My my grandmother wasn't insane. Something like that, because oh. that's something we haven't really seen before. Yeah, I'm happy to have a uh, a. Uh a companion who is no longer a, a, a big mystery to be solved. Because Amy oh, yeah. was a mystery to be solved, mm-hmm. too. I'm, and that got there old There were lots of mysteries. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm happy to have one that, that who isn't that. Yeah, Clara is about to be the first, like, standard companion since Donna Noble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, the only one other than Donna Noble in the, in the reboot show. Uh, and yeah. you know, Don, even even Donna had the thing happen to her in the end that mm-hmm. made her the Doctor Donna, all this other <laughs> sure. stuff. But for twelve of those thirteen episodes, she was a normal friend to the Doctor, and Clara's about to be that, and that's the first time we've had that, other than a romantic attraction thing or a mystery to be solved thing. And Jenna Coleman's got some chops. Mm-hmm. I love watching. Oh yeah, her. she does. Yeah. Well, and the two of them together are, are just sparkling. It's it, a wonderful bounce back and forth. In fact, I, I, she, I would argue she, that when she was in Asylum of the Daleks, we saw her fully, you know, like her mm-hmm. full capabilities. But that was a throwaway version of that character. So, so you know, she didn't need to be the mystery. Uh, and and that was good. And then and then we get the full Clara, and and that was the problem because she did need to be the mystery. Well, <laughs> you're, you're you're omitting Snowman, in which I fell in love with. She was good uh, in that Jenna too. Coleman. And again, not to be, not yeah, to be creepy in, in another yeah. disposable character, right? They didn't need to make her the mystery. Her her existence turns out after she dies to be the mystery. And, and that I guess that was my problem is when they introduced Clara proper, she had to be um, she had to be a mystery because she was the plot. So I'm glad that Jenna Coleman has emerged from that and really comes forth in this episode, I think, and and gives with gives as good as she gets with Peter, Peter Capaldi, who is a 
force. <laughs> that's that's a so force good. of uh, yeah, good for her. Blankety blank acting. Yeah. Good for her. Uh, Scottish references. I have a friend, my friend James Thompson, who is a huge Doctor Who fan, who lives in Glasgow, was uh, very excited with the Scottishness. And the, of the uh, of the references of not just Peter Capaldi, but the references, and he takes her to Glasgow and mm-hmm. instead. Whenever the doctors take a companion home by mistake, they always end up in Scotland. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm, I'm Scottish. Is I can complain home. about things. I'm yeah. surprised they don't end up in Wales, given where the show is filmed. Sure, but no, yeah. nobody goes to Wales. Yeah. Uh, Except in Torchwood, Rich, we're in Cardiff. That well, that's the line in that in that uh, first season episode where. Yeah, oh, yeah. Rich Johnston over at uh, bleedingcool.com uh pointed out that that whole scene in the alleyway um is uh is it's like an extended riff on Scottish independence. So it's the uh, Capaldi's talking about his eyebrows seceding from the rest of his head and yep. things like that. Uh-huh. It's pretty funny. <laughs> There's a lot of Scotland in there. I I found him uh I found him completely understandable too. Not all Scots mm. are completely understanding <laughs> i think i've told my story on the incomparable before about the you know you, you think a mumbly teen who works at a burger king is bad try a mumbly teen who works at a burger king in scotland Who's i scotland? had that experience it was like <laughs> literally i just shoved the money and said is this enough just take what you need from the money because scotland but no peter capaldi is a you know Ooh. american audiences can understand his accent just fine Oh yeah. Well, it well, helps that, that he has uh, he has theater training, so yes. his enunciation yes. is very good, despite being Scottish. But but still in, Scottish, which is nice, yes. actually. In Poor David Tennant. It's like, damn. I, I know. <laughs> I I I wound up watching the Musketeers series that had Capaldi as Cardinal Richelieu for the first series, right? And because I was curious to see how he would do, you know, I, I knew him from the thick of it, but I wanted to see him in this because it's like, okay, that's a totally different context, and let's see how he'll be. And that's really where I got truly excited about him for this. And the the thing about that series, it's okay. But he is just so charismatic. You want him to win. And, you know, screw the, the Musketeers. Um, so it's probably good that he's not on that anymore. Yeah. yeah. For their sake. Yep. What else should we talk about before we before we wrap up? Do you guys have anything more on your list that you want to mention about this episode? Deep Breath? How about more about the skin balloon? No, more skin balloon. No, I'm I am curious to see how they will play with Capaldi um, once he has more of his memories and and once we see more of how he's going to shape up as a as a doctor. Yeah, I already again, he's a very he's a very impressive actor, and I'm going to say Capaldi even though I mean Capaldi because it's yep, just been sure. years <laughs> years and years in my head. Um, but I I like him already, and I'd like to see what they what they do with him, especially. Do we want to talk at all about the teaser that aired at the end of that at the end of the show because the the teaser put a put a couple things we see a we see a resurgence from our old friends the Daleks yep um and more more excitement on a spaceship because we haven't had enough spaceship episodes in the last mm. couple of years yeah. um as the the one line TV guide description of it uh, sort of implies that it's kind of like Fantastic Voyage but inside a Dalek. Mm. Which well, the name of the episode is Inside the Dalek. So yeah, yeah, you can take from that what you will. But that's next week. Any more? Any more thoughts about uh, <laughs> about this week before we wrap it up? I don't want to. I don't want to leave anything on your list if you've got other things you wanted to um, talk about. I'm, I'm just. Uh, I'm just sort of amazed that while I didn't react as negatively anywhere near as negatively as David did, you know, <laughs> I am sort of amazed at the contrast 
in my reaction to the episode and my reaction to all of the elements that are going forward. Oh. I'm, I'm super stoked for this season, and this episode could have been better. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I want to see it. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, I was, I, I was trying to describe, describe it to my wife. She's like, are you sure you should have wine before going on? You'll go nuts. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's not, I mean, it didn't make me angry like the Christmas episode did, which made me angry. Uh, and it's not like watching <laughs> Star Trek Nemesis, where I came out of the theater going, there are only two good words in that whole damn script, and they're Irving Berlin. That's it. <laughs> you know, so, so you know. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I am excited for it. I just, I really wanted the story to be better. Mm. All right. Well, so it sounds to me, if I if I can summarize here, we have varying degrees of likeness, likeness liking for this episode. But uh, what we would all seem to agree on is parts of it were very strong. Peter Capaldi is extremely strong. We really like what is going on with Jenna Coleman and the actual like mechanics of the clockwork droid plot were not our favorite Messy. thing. Not Messy. A, not <laughs> pro- problematic. The problematic part of the episode being that part. Does that seem they were fair? they were a bunch of random parts, quite literally. <laughs> a collection. Well, this is something something that uh, Glenn Fleischman mentioned on Twitter, which is the meta level of the fact that this is an episode made up of the uh, recycled constituent parts of episodes. <laughs> Burn, it's but, alive, yeah, with a balloon made of skin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, that Peter would, Capaldi really any boy. Yeah, well, he buys me he's a lot a he- of goodwill. Yeah, yes, yeah. he's a hell of an actor. He really oh, is. God, yes, they're lucky to have him. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, we've reached the end of this uh, episode. We're going to be back next week, and uh, for the rest of the season, I think it's going to be me and one guest. Although we may vary that depending on who uh, wants to join us. But we're going to be here every week. It may not always be on the night that we uh, that it airs, but we hope to do it within you know forty eight hours of when the the show airs and talk about Doctor Who. And there may be other. Um, there may be other uh, episodes or uh, other TV series that we're also working on. Uh, you can go to theincomparable.com slash TV, T-E-E-V-E-E, to get more information about this. And uh, we are going to make a Doctor Who-related uh, RSS feed for people who only want to subscribe. Basically, it makes The Incomparable a very sporadic Doctor Who podcast. And I will put that feed link in the show notes. So if you go to... Uh, uh, theincomparable.com and click on TV and find this episode you you'll see the the link there. I think it's I think it's yeah, I'm not going to say it out loud cuz it's a it's a URL and it's really long and boring, but we will <laughs> find a way in the show notes for you to see if you want to subscribe to just us talking about Doctor Who, you can do that. Uh but otherwise we're glad you found this episode and we'll be back for more. I want to thank my guests before we go. Uh Chip Sutter, it's great to have you uh, on again. I know we always have you on about Doctor Who. We'll get you on about some other stuff, too. But I'm looking forward to this season and, and to having you back on. And people should listen to the two-minute Time Lord. I appreciate it. And two words for you, Jason. Skin Zeppelins. <laughs> Skin Zeppelins. <laughs> oh, Chip. Eww. I'm not going to sleep tonight now. <laughs> David Lore, thank you for being here. I'm still... Skin Drink some zeppelins. more wine. Apparently wine God. makes you mad. <laughs> wow. It makes me Scottish. <laughs> and Serenity Caldwell, great to talk about this with you. I'm looking forward to talking about some other episodes sometime with you, too. Likewise. I'm looking forward to this entire season yes. and talking yeah. about it endlessly. Not the eyebrows. They're Peter Capaldi's eyebrows. eyebrows. If that's I, not a tumbler already, it well, I ha- will be I have by to say, 
from from the day of the doctor i had the captions on when i watched it and i i have a freeze frame from it my favorite closed caption of i don't know years is literally that shot of his eyebrows and it just says capaldi intensifies ah <laughs> apparently it's beautiful in, apparently the scripts used to say things like doctor gives intense look and according to peter capaldi himself they now they now just say eyebrows <laughs> because <laughs> and he and he said i never really thought about my eyebrows but apparently my eyebrows are a thing yes they are a thing now you can get a, a cutout mask from the bbc website uh to to make your own little capaldi face yeah that's scary. it looks like something that somebody who constructs a skin yeah. balloon might might make actually it's a little creepy mm-hmm. all right well that's it for this tv podcast deep Fre- breath doctor who we've started off the season extra long we'll be back next week with into the dalek and thanks everybody out there for listening